It's been way too long, and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Followed by. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. This is Justin. I'm over here in Los Angeles. We've got uh, Mike just recently returned from a from a delightful trip over to L.A. to hang with with myself and and many many other pod guests actually, which we'll be getting to. And uh, one of those pod guests is returning to us today for a series that. It's sort of becoming a thing now because we're, this is about to be number two down the same path. But you first had him here for top five Pixar movies. Today, you're going to have him here for top five Disney movies. And by that, we mean movies that were you know made by the Dis- Disney animation. So we're not including Pixar in this. The one, the only, Dylan Finnerty. Hello, my friend. Hello, la la la. <laughs> What's up? What's up? What a welcome back. What a welcome back. What the hell took so long? That's the question I'm asking. I don't know. I don't know. I I show up, I deliver, I bring up really controversial opinions, get, pe- <laughs> get people fired up, and then I get I don't get a follow-up phone call. What's well, that you know about? what happened? You introduced us to Koch, and then we fell in love with Koch, and we were like, just have him on. Fuck oh, the fuck energy. This is what happens. This is why you can't introduce people to cool people, because then that's, you know you, you the get problem. bumped off the list. And- it boxes you out. It boxes yeah. you out. Even when the guy comes on, has one of the most popular episodes of the entire podcast with Pixar, takes this long for him to come back. It's understood. I'll be sure to you know hit you guys up on all your social posts now, and just <laughs> maybe I'll get a, a return invite. You show the love, we show the love. You know, it's reciprocal. It's all good. I'm happy to be back. Oh, we're happy to have you back. We'll have to right the wrong by having you come back on for a third time sooner rather than later. Let's not put the cart before the horse. <laughs> we, we, we don't, these picks that I'm about to give you might drive you away from me. Oh, okay. Well, shit, this is, this is quite the topic because, and by the way, let me, if I didn't say this already, so Disney animated movies you know what they are. You know them. You'll love them. Maybe you don't know all of them because it dates back all the way to, what are we at, 1937? Very far back. Correct. And, I mean, it's it's one of the most beloved bunch of films in, in, in the world ever. Wouldn't you Almost guys say? Almost too beloved. I would say it's too beloved, truly. Wow. Would, would you? Would you? No, no, no. What are we, not... like two minutes in and, and Mike's pulling this? Mike's already oh, shitting on Disney. Only a matter of time. Not because the films aren't of quality, but because like people's obsession really with really creeps me out when it comes to Disney. It's it's a little bit too much. It's over the top. Oh, you're not a Disney adult. You don't like to put on Mickey ears and, and go to Disneyland twelve times a year. No, like when I was like I took a little bus to get to my fucking airline over at LAX. What the fuck is that about? LAX, Tom Bradley International. Get it the fuck <laughs> out of here. But I was on the bus. And like people saw, you know, the Disney plane and like everyone on the bus was freaking out. I was like, it's a plane. You're not even riding on it. You just saw it. Oh my God. 
The man has some some oof, some serious anger towards Disney. <laughs> no, that said, I actually like Disney movies. I do. I really this do. guy right right before we get on the pod. Hey guys, you know what? I actually I really figured out I, I like Disney movies. Comes on the pod. Ah, fucking. I'm just saying, town. When you call me up for your destination wedding at fucking Disneyland, I'm not coming, bro. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Hey, I don't love Disney that much. Yeah, all right, that creeps me out. That's yeah. All, all right, that's all, all right. I'm trying to say. I love Disney. I like going. I usually go to Disneyland once a year during the holidays. But uh, no, I I think I know Finn is is a big Disney guy and. Even Finn, I don't think, goes to some of the levels that some of these some of these fans go to. Listen, as a former Disney annual pass holder myself, <laughs> what I'll say here is that it appears to be that Mike doesn't like fun, and that uh, you know what, his, we're gonna bring his inner child out during this podcast. So right. I can't wait. I we'll can't just wait. I deserve that. I apologize, to the adult Disney fans. There's there's a lot of us. There's a lot of us. Um, well, shit. So yeah, boys. I don't know about you guys, but like for me, this this was actually really tough in the sense of I I was having a big uh, sort of battle within myself of okay, like am I just going through all the classics from sort of the like golden era of the you know late '80s through the '90s? I was like. Am I going to pick some of these newer age ones that are good? Am I going to go really deep and hit an old school one? Which, I mean, some of the old school ones are absolute fucking classics as well. This was hard. This was hard. It was. Yeah. Did you guys have a similar experience? I definitely did. Um, you know, to your point, you know, with like the, the thing is like with the Disney Renaissance, you know, that was when the three of us were kind of growing up and watching movies for the first time. And I feel like mm-hmm. those had such a a stronghold on you know the nostalgia factor so it was over it was tough to overlook those but it is pretty crazy how like if you go back several years before that there was a huge gap in time like like lack of quality uh for disney and then obviously there is the the all-time classics from like the late 30s and 40s Mm -hmm. also hard to overlook so there there's like these groupings of time where you go oh my god they were hitting banger after banger how am i gonna whittle this down into a list of five um, so I found that pretty difficult, but yeah, I mean, compared to Pixar, there's, there's more films, right? There's like 60 versus like 25. And then obviously it's a much, much bigger, uh, time span. We're coming up on Jesus, 90 years or so between the first film and the last. So it's, there's a lot to consider. Yeah, there really is. I, I think my list is going to be, I, I don't know if it's going to be, it might be controversial. It might be controversial. I think I have some controversial ones too. Now, based on what Finn just said. About the the gap of quality. Yes. Do we do we just start this up, gentlemen? Yeah, yeah and I think Finn starts. He's Finn learned starts. the right. He's come on wow. a second time. Wow. Roll out the red carpet. So here's the thing about you. What you just did. <laughs> I can't believe that we're gonna start with with something that's gonna piss some people off. I love wow, it. We're gonna, wow! 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 But I already said all adult Disney fans are fucking weird, so it's fine. <laughs> you said so. Then you're you're like the appetizer. Here comes the main course. Oh wow! When I feel like you know, I imagine at the end of this, the three of us are going to agree that uh, there were some pretty obvious ones that should be included, just because of whether where it exists in the cultural zeitgeist and quality yeah. and memory. Anyway, um, what I will say is, over time, this movie that I'm about to mention has kind of fallen down my list. It is still a premiere disney animated film it's gonna be talked about 
probably till the end of time. But it's not quite the top choice that it once was for me. And that is, oh man, drum roll please, 1994's The Lion King. You son of a bitch. Well, we know that Justin has a higher. <laughs> of course we do. And that's why I didn't want to go first. A hundred percent. And and if and, and, Mike, do you have it higher? Mike, do you have it? It's time to talk about Lion King for a second, very quickly. Let's do it. I just want to say on the pod, and and I know you know some people will agree with me, some people won't. Some of those people are on this podcast. Lion King, I think, is the greatest movie I've ever seen. It's the only movie I've ever rated a perfect ten out of ten, and therefore, I have refused to put it on any list whatsoever. Because it could be number one on any list that I make. So it's the one movie that I avoid intentionally. And knowing that Town was going to have it, I have left it off my list. Wow. Absolute blasphemy. I very much heatedly disagree with this statement. I mean, actually, I wholeheartedly agree with everything except the part about leaving it off list. It's just not fair to compare it to other films. It's beyond film. It is, but I feel like when we are talking about Disney animation specifically, it's it's a crime. Well, to not we, we're gonna we're gonna get to talk about it anyway. So we are we are. I cannot wait for the moment. Number five for Finn. I've got it higher. You heard it from Mike. Greatest film he's ever seen in his life. So we'll get to it down the line. Are you up with your number five, Tim? I guess I will go now. I guess I will go now. And I, you know, in in a classic me scenario i want everyone to know that i'm actually making my number five decision as we speak i'm sitting here there's two that i've been bouncing back and forth between it's been killing me all week both absolute classics within the disney zeitgeist and i just cannot make a choice gentlemen and i i i need your help i need your help well phone a friend ask the audience can i i was gonna say am i allowed to phone a friend here a first ever I think this this could be the moment. Give us the choices. Give us the choices. We'll we'll get it done. You each give me a vote. Five by okay. committee. I like it. Okay. For number five, it is a battle between 1992's Aladdin. Wow. And 1940s Fantasia. Okay. Here's my question to you. <laughs> and I hate to be that guy. I'm not, oh I hate to be the Jon Stewart and half-baked guy. Oh God. If drugs are involved, Fantasia is one of the greatest films of all time. I fully agree. If you're stone cold sober, Fantasia is boring as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I've never agreed with something you've said more vehemently than I do right now. Honestly, you could have just stopped with you've never agreed with anything I've said. This is the first thing. <laughs> yes. So, uh, to, to what Mike said, yes, you have to be absolutely stoned out of your mind to enjoy Fantasia. And what we'll say to that is it really is incredible when, when you are. Having said that, Town, Aladdin's number one on my list. Wow. He just reveals it. Well, I mean, I have it higher on my... I guess I could have said I have it higher. It's my number one. I'll, I'll touch on it later. Let's do Fantasia. We'll, we'll Let's just do Fantasia then because we know we're going to get Let's do Fantasia because that has to be higher. Okay. I demand it is. Oh. I demand satisfaction. Oh, my God. <laughs> Things have just gone off the rails already. This is, wow. Things have completely gone off the rails. And before I go into Fantasia, I just want to say, I love Aladdin so much. And it's similarly, Finn, to how you said 
the Lion King has lost some luster with you over time. That's exactly my feeling with Aladdin, where I still love it. I still cherish it. I have a blast when I watch it. But there's something lost for it with me after many, many, many rewatches that some other films I haven't I haven't felt that way. But we'll get there. We got to talk about it with you later. So okay. we'll go with Fantasia number five. My, my friends have come in handy. Fantasia, 1940. When this movie came out, it blew people away. It's the third ever Disney animated feature. Probably of, I'd say, every Disney film ever. Would you guys agree, arguably, the most adult? Um... Adult in the sense of it's it's very hard. I mean, it's somewhat hard to understand what's going on regardless, but I feel like your brain needs to be developed to a certain degree to sort of understand the complexities of Fantasia. Whereas there may be other films in the Disney sphere that have adult themes and, and are adult to a degree, but I feel like this one... There's there's moments that are a little dark. Oh, yeah. It's a little scary. Yeah. Sure. Like when I was a kid, one of the reasons that this movie has had such an impact on me personally is when I was a kid, I, I actually had like some minor nightmares about Fantasia. Like some of the scenes were just sort of in like a bit of a dark tone and even just like I know it's not even really scary, but. The scene, of course, with all the, you know, the famous everything with all the broomsticks and whatnot, like it just tripped me out even as a kid, like obviously not doing drugs at that point. I don't know this one. This one just I hopefully this one always just had an impact on me. And yeah, you could say that it can be a little bit slow if if you're not on substances at this age, which is true. But it's still just so fucking interesting because it's so different from anything that they've ever put out prior or since. So, you know what? I'm happy this is on my list because it's 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 a one of a kind in my opinion, and it's iconic within within the whole Disney hemisphere, and it is absolutely adored by critics. You know, it's it was seen as an absolute masterpiece when it came out, and it still is held in very high regard by many. But yeah, I mean, if you really want to have a fucking phenomenal time, there may be no better movie to take acid or mushrooms and then watch, or just get stoned out of your mind. Mushrooms could actually go a very interesting way that that could be negative as well. But bottom line, if you're doing some hallucinogenics, you're gonna have a fucking very interesting time you know we should have done a narcotics pairing for each of our disney movies <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's still time <laughs> oh i'm into it you know what let's do it but, but no seriously yeah it's it's a really it's a cool film it's a really cool idea um it's and, and i it definitely was scary when i was a kid uh but it's it's really hard to sit through all two hours now as an adult when it when it, you get to the broomsticks, that's already like 30, 40 minutes in, right? I mean, then it picks up because you get some story, but like first thirty minutes is, is tough. But it's like a collection of segments, almost yeah, like a collection totally. of short it's, stories. So, so, yeah. so that's that's what I was gonna jump in with. So Fantasia, I I thought about putting it on my list, but what I think two things dinged it. 
one, it's it's a collection of vignettes, essentially. It's not one True. cohesive plot line that like I think is what takes other films and elevates them because they're complete stories that have like, you know, story arcs. And the other one is, to the best of my knowledge, there's no original music. It's all classical music that is was repurposed for this film. I believe that's correct, right? It's all like classic, uh, yeah, like yep. you know, Beethoven and uh, Bach and all that other stuff. Um, so I thought that I, you know, that deducted points in my book. And overall, it's it, you're essentially just watching a ballet, like a, a two-hour ballet. And while True. that's Im- Im- impressive, and especially for its time, I agree, it definitely like knocked people's socks off. I just don't know that it's more of an accomplishment as far as like a f- like a feature film than some of the others on our lists. You know what? That's a very fair take. Look, I think I'm standing by it because I'm. I feel like the, you know the fact that we each have five movies to shout. It's such an important one in Disney's history that I'm glad that it is on a, a list. And no, Agreed. it's definitely not the most rewatchable. It's definitely as 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 an adult more of a drug fueled experience, but it's pretty goddamn remarkable when you do. It, it's literally in the film registry at the Library of Congress. So, I mean, it's good. <laughs> it's damn it's, good. Yes, it's damn yeah. good. But uh, I got to say, it hurts me. But it hurts me to leave Aladdin off. No, but I'm glad we get to talk about it anyway. We get to throw another True. one in there. I think it's good. True. True. All right. Okay, that's me. Number five. Get us going, buddy. Another absolute classic, obviously. It's uh, 1967's The Jungle Book. Oh, it's a good pick. Great fucking pick. Yeah, I mean, the Jungle Book, it's definitely part of this is is how much I loved it when I'm a kid. When I was a kid is how it sort of influences me now. But I just loved all the characters, Shere Khan and Bagheera. Baloo is incredible. Uh, Bare Necessities, one of my favorite Disney songs of all time. Uh, I think, you know, th- there's a, obviously there's been volumes and volumes written on this but you know disney films especially earlier on were definitely gendered and and this is one for the boys out there it gets you that spirit sort of of adventure and also i have a really funny ex-girlfriend story that i can't tell on the pod related to this film which like makes me laugh every time i think about it but it's we'll just touch on that after the fact absolutely it's uh it's just one of yeah been one of my favorites forever uh based on the rudyard kipling book obviously uh, absolute classic. I was shocked to hear that that came out all the way back in 67. For whatever reason, I guess when I think back to it, it was so relevant that I was like, oh, it came out, you know, in the same era as, uh, you know, the other ones that were, were you know, mentioned that, and that like didn't, did Renaissance era. And it's it like, no, like it's, it's literally all the way back in 67. And the, you know, the animation was strong, but um, I agree with you that Bare Necessities is a top Disney song for sure. And it's just like, it, you know, what Disney got really right with these animated films is taking these classic stories, these like all time great uh, novels and recreating them and allowing a younger audience to understand these types of themes. So yes, like, you know, totally. when, we're, when we're talking about is something really adult or is it really for children? Nobody does it better than Disney and threading that needle and helping both parties understand it. And like a, uh, you know, an emotional and intellectual level. Anyway, uh, I think your pick was awesome. It's a good pick. I fully agree. And and Finn, it's so funny because I had the exact same reaction to you this past week. I was positive Jungle Book was in the 80s. I was like, oh yeah, I think it was at like the beginning of like the run where you had all the, you know, 
where you had Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and Lion King. I was like, yeah, it's part of that. And so seeing 67, I was like, what the fuck? But yeah, yeah it's it's fantastic. Agree about Baron Necessities. And- A fun little uh, fun fact about the, uh, the Jungle Book is that is the last film that Walt Disney himself produced. Yeah, I was about no to say that way. he died, died during the production of the film. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I'm really glad you got Jungle Book on there, especially because we didn't. Great, great pick. All right. Over to our guest there for number four. All right. So for number four, and <laughs> the fact that this is going to be ahead of the Lion King, he's just going to piss town off even more. So that's really exciting for me. Um, oh, my God. The son of a fucking This bitch. This film that I'm about to uh, talk about is is something that I can vividly remember. Well, one, because it's a little more recent going into the, the, the theater and experiencing it and then coming out and just being absolutely mesmerized by what I had just seen, needing to download the soundtrack immediately to be able to hear all the music again because it was just all so great. And just, you know, the message of the film just delivered. Anyway, without further ado, my number four pick is 2016's Moana. I have it higher. Love it. Do, you wanna, wow. what, do we want to wait to dive in a little further then when you, uh, when you bring it onto the list? Yes. Let's wait. Yeah, let's wait. Um, that makes me very happy, too. First time watch for me. Oh, hell yeah. Today, actually. Wow. He's having a better day than we are. Wait, I can't even wait to talk about it. Wow. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. I can't wait to talk about it with you guys as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby. Well, there we go. Well, uh, town, then it's on to your fourth pick. These then. sons of bitches. All right. Well, my number four is also relatively new. It's it's newer than you would think. It's a movie that me and and the one and only David Kramer saw together. Kramer Sauce, Craig Ray 2K. How you doing? Shout out. Love that man. Shout out. And it just was such a blast that I just had to include it because, you know, maybe it wasn't going to be included otherwise. And that is 2012's Wreck-It Ralph. Wow. Never yeah. seen it. Never seen it. And you know what? If you don't, your life's not going to be that much worse off. Ooh, that is Ooh. wow. How dare you? <laughs> this fucking guy. Oh my god. Guy puts Moana above Lion King. Can't take him seriously. Anyways, Wreck-It Ralph starring John C. Riley, Sarah Silverman, Jack McBrayer, Jane Lynch. Ooh, love the guest. Some others, John Dennis C. Haber. Riley, of course, and the Dennis Habert, President Palmer from 24. So look, Wreck-It Ralph, I love the plot. It's pretty much takes, it takes place within an arcade. There's all the various video games that we all know and love from like, you know, like the 80s, 90s, whatever. And there's Wreck-It Ralph, who, who's the villain in this game, Fix-It Felix Jr., He's a loner, you know, he, within the game, the hero is Felix, he's the one that's always celebrated, and I just, first of all, right there, I love where it goes with this, it's like, you see into the life of this villain in this video game, so he's obviously not really a bad guy, it's just like his part in the game, and seeing how that takes a toll on him, and so I won't really go much further with the plot from there. But that's where you start off, and you're just in this entire world of of these classic arcade games and all these characters, be, you know, coming to life. And Ralph 
essentially trying to become the good guy. And it's just, it's such an interesting for a guy that loves all those arcade games and like the classics to see all these guys come to life. You know, you see like Sonic in there and and so many others. It was just so fun. And like, I love John C. Riley. I think, I think he's one of the, one of my favorite actors just all around. He can do it all. Like he can do comedy, he can do drama, he can do animation here. And there's a lot of heart to this story. There's a lot of there's a lot of laughs and it's it's just a fun time at the movies. And for current day Disney, what more could I ask for? So these guys say Moana, I say Wreck-It Ralph. That is my number 4. So, I've never seen it. So Finn, what's the you know, what's the, I don't want to say against, but why should I be cautioned that I don't need to see Wreck-It Ralph? I'm not, I'm not, not against it. Not, not against it at all. I think I was just trying to make a point that it was absolutely an asinine pick to put in the top five, <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, look, Wreck-It Ralph, I, you got to give it points for uh, its world building. I think it's one of the more unique uh, settings for, for a film uh, that Disney has ever done. But I deducted points because this is something that I value really highly. And I don't know if everybody does. But when I think of Disney movies, I think of original music. And uh, uh, Rekka Ralph, you know, had a bunch of like pop songs in it. And like Skrillex was one of the producers. So he got a song in the, in the film. And yeah, I, I think it just I just lose a little bit of my love for it there. Um, and I just don't know that it belongs anywhere near, near a top five Disney all time list, but, uh, you know, you know, shout out town for putting it in there and, uh, you know, Mike decide with, if you want to spend your 101 minutes watching it. <laughs> you know what? If you ever talk poorly about Skrillex again, we're going to have a problem. And two, you know what, Finn, I knew that for you, that would be the detractor, the original score and, you know, the original music and, um, I do agree. I do also think when I think Disney classics, I do think about the soundtrack and I knew that the three of us are all going to be talking about a handful of those classics. I wanted to get something a little out of the box in there. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad that you picked something a little different. I just think, you know, when you want to get like serious about a list of like top five Disney films, I think you, if you did like a pretty broad survey of like, hey, what are the top five Disney animated films of all time? I think you're going to get very few, if any, people who include Wreck-It Ralph. And I don't know that necessarily that's an indictment on the film. I just think that it's like, it's just overshadowed by things that are way more, you know, endemic to Disney's DNA. catalog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree with you there. I definitely agree with you there. But John C. Riley's dope too. And I'm, I have to you know, echo your sentiment there. Big fan. Agreed. We all love John C. Riley. Big shout out. Um, I think one of the things you may get from a certain group of people, if you did such a such a survey, top five Disney films, is my number four. Hey, that is 1998's Mulan. Great pick, good job, Mike. Oh man, I'm really proud of you today. I have to say, so this came out in '98. I was born in '89, and you know when I was very young, I I didn't have any problem. Like Pocahontas was one of my favorite movies. Not on my list for what it's worth, but I didn't have any like, oh, this is like a girl movie. I don't want to watch it. But then by the time I was like nine, I was like, no, this is a girl movie. It's icky. I don't like it. So I didn't see Mulan until I was like in my 20s. And then I realized I was a fucking idiot when I was a kid because it's fucking amazing. It's it's and it's not really like I don't want to say it's like a girl's film. Like it's all about like fighting in the army. So it's like it definitely hits that sort of 
uh, male aggression sort of thing. But it's mm-hmm. it's just so fun. It's such a great story, so inspirational. Eddie Murphy, definitely one of my favorite Disney sidekicks ever as Mushu. I don't know if you guys agree oh, with that, but I think he's fucking Could incredible. not agree more. Could not agree more. And I think their live action did a huge disservice to the to the property by not including Mushu. Totally. Totally. I mean, you got B.D. Wong in there as well. And obviously, uh, Ming-Na Wen as, as Mulan in general. She's just great. I mean, this movie is just, it's just so much fun. I, I could not believe that I didn't see it. It's still absolutely one of my favorites. It's a cool, you know, sort of time period um, and setting to be placing one of the movies. It's just, just an absolute great film. I, I mean, I have to jump in and like echo this. I, Mulan almost cracked my list. I think it's actually like the first of my honorable mentions. You know, touching on something that kind of dinged Wreck-It Ralph before was, was you know, my love for music. And I think I, I like to weigh Disney animated films or Pixar animated films on like four categories. And I want them to have these four things. One is a poignant message. Uh, two is animation quality or like, you know, unique world building. Uh, three is humor. I want to laugh. And four is the music. And I feel like Mulan checks all these boxes 10 times over, you know, the message of, you know, stepping up for your family, even though you're told that you aren't supposed to be able to do something because you're a woman and, you know, Mulan, just the most badass. Fuck yeah. Maybe maybe the most badass woman in like the Disney canon. Um, You've got animation style. It was like so uniquely Chinese and uh, gave like a real like refreshing look to to, to these, uh, you know, these Disney movies. Uh, Humor, like you said, Mushu absolutely hysterical also the other soldiers were really funny and then and then music you know leah salonga singing for mulan's character is she's one of the you know best broadway actresses we've ever had and just an amazing voice um and you know i think two of maybe the top 10 disney songs ever in reflection and uh be a man or what's the actual title now i can't even remember the name because my mind is not working but uh yeah i mean what a great pick. Mulan is such an awesome film, and I'm almost like regretting not keep putting it in my top five. So Mulan, for me, I've never fully understood the hype. Got to admit, for all that classic sort of 10-year stretch, probably my least favorite. Got to say. Wow. Honestly, coming into this, you know, the odds on me giving the hot takes minus like 5,000. But now... It's down coming in with the hot takes. I'm totally on board. I'm on board with hot all the take right on hot films. take, baby. I know people are going to be screaming at their fucking whatever they're listening on, whether it's in their car, on their headphones. They're going to be screaming into into the air that I'm talking down on Mulan. Look, I don't think it's a bad movie. It's a Disney classic. It is, and the song title is "I'll Make a Man Out of You." By the way, it's, yeah, and it's performed by Donnie freaking Osmond. So, yeah, Donnie anyway. Osmond. I mean, what a character that is played by VD Wong or voiced by VD Wong. Singing voice by Donny Osmond. I mean, come on. Is that the greatest bang bang of animated voices we've ever had? Look, it's I'll give I'll admit this. I need I owe it a rewatch. I owe it a rewatch. Clearly. Yeah. I clearly do. You both are saying all this. I'm like, what the fuck? Like I didn't like love Mulan. Like, okay, okay. Look, I'll give it a revisit, but I had to drop some hot takes on us just, you know, just for fun. Just for fun. Hey, listen. This is what we're here for. We're here to have a good time. And and we're here for your number three pick, Finn. I mean, I can't wait to know. I can't fucking wait. Okay. So as I was saying earlier, I think trying to balance the more modern films, which obviously have much, you know, more access to 
technical resources and it's just more mainstream. So typically those are going to be at the tops of our list, but I had to bring this one all the way back just slightly before Fantasia came out another film, 1940s Pinocchio. Pinocchio is had such a profound impact on me as a kid because it was goddamn terrifying. That whale shit scary as fuck. Monstro, the man eating whale, horrifying. Also, like on the island of, uh, or on Pleasure Island, when the kids got drunk and smoked and they started turning into donkeys. I mean, slave labor and, you know, teaching you that lying is terrible. Like, I mean, it was, you want to talk about adult themes? This one really came out swinging with it. And, Another reason, I'm a little scatterbrained with these reasonings, but one of the main reasons for me that it has to be considered as like a all-time Disney classic is anytime you watch a Disney movie, what is the very first thing you hear when you wish upon a star? The The melody from that song plays at the beginning of every Disney film That's true. from 1940 until today. Facts. Um, you got it. You got to shout that out. That's, you know, and Jiminy Cricket is, you know, it's our conscience and, I don't know. I feel like the, the themes were so so important and conveyed in such a fantastical way for freaking 1940. I mean, literally, we're on the precipice of World War II, and they're pumping out things like this and Fantasia. I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. Uh, it's it's a really it was an incredible film. Uh, it's a great story. It's a classic story. And yeah, in 18 the Adventures of Pinocchio, written in 1883, still has you know poignant enough themes to be talked about today in 2021 yeah pinocchio number three uh to me when it goes hand in hand with classic disney i think it's a great pick i mean again it's absolutely iconic and it's also just like what kid does not have the image of pinocchio in his head growing up like what what kid does not know about pinocchio does not know about you know, the nose growing, like it's, it's such a classic. A hundred percent. Can I just throw in one last thing and I'm going to pass it to Mike. Yeah. How comfortable does Jiminy Cricket's little bed situation in the notch of that? Like, I guess it's a chair or a dresser. Like, he, he like sleeps in the, in the inside of like this, like wooden notch. And it looks like the most comfortable bed I've ever seen in my life. Anyway. I had to touch on that. Oh man, it's been a while since I've seen it. I have to go back and check now. I thought he slept in a drawer. Oh, maybe it is a drawer. Uh, we're oh, gonna have damn. to check. We're gonna have to, go. we're gonna have to check on yes. that. Yes, uh, but we yeah, will. I mean, and and for me, what sticks out most about this is is, I mean, it's it's proper fairy tales, as we all know. Like they were generally a lot more scary, and then Disney would sort of tamp them down a little bit, like Little Mermaid and many others, you know. And and Disney doesn't pull punches in the early days. I mean, Snow White has a little bit of scary stuff as well, and then right into Disney. I mean, right into Pinocchio, which is just like. Half of it is just like a fucking horror film. It's scary as fuck. Yeah. Uh, and I love it. And also, can we just talk about how many early Disney films people are drunk? Like a few that I watched this week. I was like, Jesus, everyone's drinking in these movies. <laughs> it's a lot. And not, yeah, and not just drinking, but like wasted. Yeah, Aristocats. I was like, holy shit. There's just like a drunk dude on the street. And everyone's like, all these like small kittens are laughing at how he's hammered. It's just a weird time. By the way, I looked it up. His bed was at the end of a violin. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Me yeah, he, he like tucks in at the edge of the violin. Anyway, I digress. Okay. I just remember like, oh, I want to take a nap there. Okay. I love it. Incredible. Can't go wrong with Pinocchio. No. 
It's now for something you can go wrong with. Town's number three. Hey! I mean, God, where is this going to go? Oh, my God. These fucking guys. You know what, though? It might be going off the rails again because this next film I'm about to drop wasn't as universally loved as some of the other classics of the era. But you know who it was loved by and still is? This guy. And that's 1995's Pocahontas. Oh, I fucking love Pocahontas. Wow. It's a fucking classic. So, all right. Pocahontas. I mean, you guys all know what this movie's about. And it just... I love it so much. Not only, like, back then, of course, when we're... You know, I was a little kid. I was, like, five or six. And you're learning back then about the history of the world and whatnot. And... I know that maybe it's not the most accurate portrayal or anything, but it, it just, I love learning about indigenous culture and, and about the Native Americans and whatnot and getting a little bit of an insight, however small, into that with this movie. I loved that aspect of it, especially looking back now all these years later. And when Finn had earlier said the things that, he believes make a great Disney classic. For me, this movie has them all. It's got the soundtrack, which is one of my favorite Disney soundtracks. I used to literally listen to this thing. One of my best buddies, Elliot, shout out. He had the soundtrack growing up. And I mean, it just slays. Like you've got just around the river bend. You've got colors of the wind. Shout out Alan Menken. Oh, absolute shout out. Besides that, like great characters, like Pocahontas herself is fantastic. And then, of course, you know, you have Miko, who is is one of my favorite little sidekicks in one of the Disney films, the, which is her pet raccoon, if you're, if you're unfamiliar. Also, just like something very interesting that I learned on this go-round, because it, it had been a while. But I mean, you have motherfucking Christian Bale. I was doing hoping a voice you were going to bring movie. that up. Yeah, oh my yeah. god, I was hoping you were going to bring that up. Like, like what the fuck? <laughs> I never knew that. No, I didn't. Finn, I didn't know till this week. Like, and this has always been one of my like absolute favorite Disney's. No fucking clue that one of the one of my favorite actors and one of the greatest actors of our time. I mean, that must have been right after right after he did uh, Newsies, right? I mean, he must have been like in the Disney offices, and they're like, "Hey, you want to voice a character in Pocahontas?" Yeah, and for anyone that's very familiar with the movie, he plays Thomas, who's one of John Smith's friends in here. Just crazy. I also had completely forgotten that Mel Gibson voices John Smith. Yeah. But yeah, just I think this has it all. It has a it has a, a good story and just great characters, great songs, a great setting. I just I love everything about this. I think it's one of the more while obviously anyone that grew up around the same time as us, I'm sure liked it or, you know, maybe has a soft spot for it. I feel like when you talk about the Disney classics, this sometimes gets overlooked amongst some of the other giants surrounding it. And I, I think it's one of the best. So I just, I'm very happy to be able to rep it today. I mean, it's, it's an awesome pick. I don't, I don't know that I've ever considered it in my favorites, but you, like just hearing you talk about it reminds me of how, how good it was, how good the music is. And also like, as we were touching on with some of the other ones, talk about 
poignant freaking message that rings true today. Like yeah. they, how, this is one of the films that they were like, oh, you know, blatant racism. Yeah, we're going to tackle that head on yep. and make, make it as, as you know, we're not dancing around the subject like this is, you know, on the nose. And it has maybe one of the more uh, important lines ever uttered in a Disney film, which is when I think Chief Powhatan, I, I apologize if I butchered his name, says these white men are dangerous fucking spot on man yeah we, 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 we showed up to this country and fucked everything up <laughs> it's so true and it's like it, it's almost more topical today how how dark and epic savages that song is so intense so Ooh. intense it's pretty intense for a disney movie yeah they're dealing with genocide like that's I, what's I happening know. right like Obviously, it doesn't go to that level, but like once you go to school, you're like, holy shit, like this is. That's what they were talking about. Yeah, you realize what they're talking about. And like to be fair, they fucking hint at it. And oh, yeah, it's, yeah, totally, it's going totally. there. I mean, more than hint at it. 100%. Like, so, yeah. If you've seen Pocahontas, you don't support Columbus Day. That's for sure. No, you don't. No, you don't. But uh, yeah, I mean, definitely two of like arguably my top five, like. Disney songs in terms of getting stuck in your head, like those ones, I still like just pop in my head randomly, like every now and then. Just around the river bend and color of the wind, those two for me are probably if we did a top five Disney songs, probably both in there. You know how I obviously I, I included Moana in in my list at number four, and you know one of the beautiful themes of Moana is her connecting with her ancestors, and I. I want to say they took a lot of inspiration from Pocahontas and the, and the willow tree and like, 100%. Other, like yeah. And, and looking back on them, like, wow, they really took a, I don't I wouldn't call it a, a bite off, but it, it, it was definitely influenced by that. And uh, you know, Pocahontas having come out what to almost 20 years earlier. Yeah. Deli- delivered as strong as, as, as Moana did, if not yeah. more. I wrote that in my Moana review today that it was taking from Bogahannis and also some Lion King, but we can talk about that. You know what? That's such a good point about the the parallel between Pocahontas and Moana that I hadn't even thought of. And yeah, you guys, I mean, you guys are absolutely right. That's, yeah, Finn, that's a great, great observation. The, the last thing I'll say is one of the only memories I have of going to Disney when I was a kid, uh, the, the Florida Disney, obviously. Uh, besides being scared as fuck by that Jaws ride is I was like nine years old and I was eating one of those Mickey Mouse waffles and fucking Miko came up behind me and he like playfully like covered my eyes with his big ass paws and it freaked me out and I started crying like right into my fucking waffle and it's like it's like one of the most and I'm still not as afraid as raccoons as Dylan but like not this Dylan the other Dylan but uh, yeah that fucking traumatized me so Miko I know you're not still working there but like Hey, bro. But that that, cool. hey, that's pretty on brand though, because Miko's whole like per- persona in the film is just being an asshole to the. Bu- no, he was. Bug. That was the thing. He was being <laughs> rascally, and I didn't mm. want it. I just wanted my fucking waffle with whipped cream on it. Bro, Miko. he was pl- he was in character, bro. He was he really in character. Was. Honestly, they should have given him a raise. Can we take a minute to just picture young Mike at Disney eating a waffle, just being like, "Ugh, these films aren't you know, Gone with the Wind." <laughs> 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 Except that I haven't seen Gone with the Wind, which is going to be about an upcoming episode. But yes. Oh, dear God. Okay. Pocahontas. We've done it. Nice pick, Tom. Nice pick. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, love it. Love it. That was very high up on my honorables. 
So my number three, I didn't realize was kind of controversial until I started preparing for this episode because I loved it when I was a kid. I rewatched it a few days ago, still loved it. And then, yeah, I looked and apparently people don't think this is very cool. So it is 1973's Robin Hood. Wow. What an interesting pick. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> uh. so, so Dylan's one of those. I mean, it's, it's 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's extremely low. For that Disney is film. really low for something as famous as Robin yeah. Hood. I just, man, I just, I loved it. First of all, I forgot that Robin Hood was British entirely until watching it this time. And then I was like, wow, this is like really bizarre. Like I just, but the, 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 the music stuck with me. Um, you know, little John is basically just blue, but like then just sort of recreated into like another character. He's more, mm-hmm. more or less the same Wait, person. Isn't he like literally they took the actual animation yeah, from they there literally and repurposed did. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. thought so. And uh, but yeah, I don't know. The story obviously is a classic, uh, and, and that always works. Like we said, it's it, with Disney repurposing the tales. But I thought the the animation was really really clever. It's it's really very much an adult film. There's like some some solid satire, I would say, of like medieval England that I definitely wouldn't have gotten uh, when I was a kid. It it does get a little wacky um, at times, but yeah, it has a lot of subtleties that I think I've also helped from from living over here. Um, but yeah, I just loved this when I was a kid and I was really, really hesitant to rewatch it. But then when I did, I, I still loved it. I'm, I'm holding it down for Robin Hood. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, I just wish you would have been like, you know what, Robin Hood on my honorable mentions list because it meant so much. But man, not only is it on your list, but it's number three. Number three. That is insane to me. Thank you. Okay, good. <laughs> like absolutely insane. I love it. You know what? I respect that you love it. I don't think it sucks personally, but like it's not even like the version of Robin Hood I would prefer. Like it's it's I don't know. I don't love it. I don't love it. I don't dislike it. I think it's somewhere in the middle for me. And I'm very surprised by the pick. But hey, maybe maybe the Brits pulled Jen. Yeah, maybe they did. I I just man, I, I left all the little characters too. the like all the animations of the badger and, and obviously he's a fox i just i don't know maybe it was just tapping into to some deep-seated memories of it but it was it was still a delight to watch it i feel like there's there's more to this story as to why this means some we like it there's got to be some sort of subconscious level that this film has, has there almost you. definitely is yeah I, I just i don't know that you i think i could give you like a month to like put together a research paper on why this film <laughs> should be in its album. And I wouldn't like believe you. I would still shut it down. Well, the only thing I'll say is that according to Wikipedia, while it was not very popular at the time, it's it's got a cult following. And the, the audience score is 81%, so it's much higher than the Rotten Tomato score. But yeah, I think maybe there's people out there, but definitely not a popular pick. One of my, well, my next one's not totally popular either, so. But a hot take, a hot take for me at three. Hey, I love. There's been hot takes on hot takes in this pod so far, and I'm into it. You know who probably likes Robin Hood? AOC. <laughs> AOC, BU alum, BU alum, baby. A major, a major, same year. Me and AOC, we're basically the same person. How the fuck were we not friends with AOC in college? So because we were probably assholes in college, and she was like getting shit done. True, she was probably getting shit. She was definitely studying at what was our library? Was it Mugar? Yeah, that, that sounds library? right. I never that's went. I don't know, dude. Obviously, we don't know AOC. I She's accomplished. Went. We're doing a fucking podcast. 
<laughs> Maybe AOC will come Let's on. Get her on the pod. Get her on the pod. pod. <laughs> AOC's coming on the pod. She can pick any fucking topic she wants. I'll do oh, I'll it. I'll tell you what. AOC would definitely hold it down for Mulan. So you better watch out. That's true. She'd be pissed at me about Mulan. And Moana. Also just pointing out, Moana's still coming on my list. Understood. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, number two. Number two, kid. Okay. Listen, team. I so badly wanted to put this movie number one. I so, so badly wanted to put it number one, but I couldn't do it because you, everybody already knows what my number one is because I, I mentioned it before. But this film, not only was it great when I first saw it, it has pro- like gotten better and better every time I've seen it since. And as, as I've gotten older, I've appreciated how much of an accomplishment it is. Let's just dive in and tell you what it is. It is 1996's The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, wow. What a fucking pick. So, so wow. let, me, let me just start off with this. This movie contains the greatest Disney villain of all time in Judge Claude Frollo. Literally terrifying. I'll, I'll dive into it in a minute as to like why he's the, the scariest and most evil villain that this you know uh, company has ever seen. The music was done by Alan Menken, who we've mentioned before as the GOAT, and the lyrics were done by Stephen Schwartz, who's one of the most accomplished lyricists in all of like American musical theater history. The wow. music from this film is gorgeous and poignant and fucking powerful. I, I can't rave about it enough. And it's also just like the message behind it is just so, it, it you know, it goes all the way back to, to Victor Hugo's novel, but... Not, just because somebody looks different doesn't mean that they can't be given every opportunity that the rest of us can. And, and you know, anybody could be a hero. You never know what they what they look like or where they come from. I, I don't know, man. Like, I anytime I watch this movie, I, I tear up. The, the opening theme of The Bells of Notre Dame, like, the, one of the most beautiful melodies you'll ever hear in your life. I don't, I don't know, man. I can go on and on, but this... This movie is one of my all-time favorites, and I feel like it gets overlooked because it is sandwiched in between some of like the all-time classics. Whether it's uh, you know Hercules, Mulan, Lion King, Pocahontas, Aladdin, it's all right in that like four or five-year period. And, yep. and I think Hunchback's looked at as probably the worst of the bunch. I really strongly disagree. I think it holds its own. You know the themes that it touches on, like infanticide. Like I'm stealing this from Wikipedia, but infanticide, lust, damnation genocide sin and like deals with themes of god and you know judge claude frollo literally tries to like rape esmeralda and then wants to burn her at the stake because she won't bang him like this is a disney fucking animated film dude i'm fully with you finn hunchback does not get the love it deserves and it's it's one of my top honorables Oh, wow, I love that it's on your list. I actually was kicking myself a bit that it wasn't on mine. It's so fun. You hit every point just now. It's fantastic. It's by far the most overlooked of all those you just said. And it's a tale that always will be relevant. And and it's it's such a great message, the whole movie. It's got everything, man. It's got that, you know, the, like I said, the beautiful song of the Bells of Notre Dame that opens the film. And then it's got, you know, your classic Disney hero ballad in Out There. It's got a fun song in Topsy Turvy. It's got the big, you know, fe- female song for, that Esmeralda sings in God Help the Outcast. And then ultimately, which the reason that this is so high on my list, Judge Claude Frollo's Hellfire blows Be Prepared the fuck out the water. 
as Get far as a song by the, a movie's villain. I will not stand for anybody down. saying otherwise. Hey, I was on your side. Now you're making me draw a line. I stand by what I said. Um, okay. so I, Order I in to, the court. Hand up. Hand up. I have to say I'm one of the overlookers. I know that I liked this film a lot as a kid, but I haven't seen it like probably since like the late 90s. And I, I just kind of, yeah, I almost I just forgot about it, truthfully. It's definitely worth a rewatch, dude. And if you had told me that Demi Moore was a voice of a Disney character, I would have told you you were a liar. I did not know that until this very minute that she was the voice of Esmeralda. The things we learn about these 90s classics, it's, it's totally pretty unbelievable. Also, Be Prepared is the greatest song in the history of film. So, like, stop, stop, stop. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely up there. It's, it's definitely fucking up there. But a great pick. I'm so glad Hunchback got love. I really forgot about it and absolutely am going to rewatch it soon. Yeah, I'm really happy it got love I'm, too. I'm telling you, man, it's it's a surpriser and it just it's something that has gotten better as I've gotten older. And I guess the themes are a little bit more easily understood. I don't know that I fully got that like the reason Judge Claude Frollo hated Esmeralda was so much was because he wanted her so badly and she was tempting him. Um, and now, you know, being able to understand that it really just helps you know, uh, underscore how insidious this person was. And uh, yeah, it's it's an incredible film. Incredible number two pick. And, you know, Finn, I'm going to say it's so funny because the only other episode where I truly have been haunted of a movie I didn't include was the other episode with you, Pixar, where I wish I had included Ratatouille. I'm not saying for me that movie's hunchback, but now just as we've gone through, I'm regretting not having another Disney classic in the Wreck-It Ralph spot. But you know what? Sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles. We make choices, and choices were made. So without further ado, my number two, 2016's Zootopia. <laughs> what? Let's go, baby! What are we talking about? <laughs> this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Tony, you're lying. You're lying. There's no way. No, I'm not <laughs> lying at all. If there is one film from the new age Disney that I fucking love, it is Zootopia. It is a masterpiece. Masterpiece. Dude, I'm crying. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is I'm a masterpiece. crying. Solid, but it is not. It is not a masterpiece. Oh. It made, did you know it made a billion dollars? <laughs> yeah. It made a billion bucks because it's fucking unbelievable. It's a ninety-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and with good reason. It is an incredible, incredible movie. It is one of my favorite animated films of the past decade. Great cast from from Jennifer Goodwin, Jason Bateman, Idris Elba, Jenny Slate who Mike and I were just talking about on a Patreon yeah. bonus episode, if, if you subscribe to Patreon. She's Dro- dropped we, an F-bomb in her first SNL episode. Damn right she did. We've got J.K. Simmons, Octavia Spencer. We've even got Shakira in there, because why not? So this movie has some of the most incredible world building I've ever seen, personally. Uh, just the way that the animals are dropped into this, you know, quote unquote human world, we'll say it's so inventive the way they do everything. Just I remember the first time watching this movie, 
just watching the way that they handled the world was like fascinating to me. Then on top of it, there's such an all around great story to this film and so many good messages, by the way, along the way, very, you know, in line with, I think a lot of important messages that are very relevant today, obviously, as it's a recent movie, it does hurt that it doesn't have some of the uh, Disney classic things such as like an absolutely epic soundtrack or anything i mean it does i i don't want to say it's not epic because i do want to say it's composed by one of the goats in my heart michael giacchino and i know dylan finnerty feels the same hell yeah and he does a great job but it's just no you're not getting one of the the epic soundtracks with all these incredible original songs that you're going to talk about for years to come. And so in that sense, you know, now that I'm, as I was looking down my list, eh, maybe I could have bumped out Wreck-It Ralph got in another one of the classics that I, that I do love, but here we are. And I fucking love this movie. Uh, came out the same year as Moana, which I know we're going to be talking about soon. And, I know these guys both disagree to me, the superior film, but uh, yeah, I just, this one hit on all cylinders for me and for being a modern age animated film, I do not think you can do much better than this movie. I really think the only thing missing for me is one of those, those classic soundtracks. But with that said, this movie works perfectly without it so it's like i don't think i'd want it in this movie i'm just saying like in terms of a classic that's like the only thing it hype it really is missing for me i just i love it i love it i love it i love it and i i could scream it from the fucking rooftops i think it's amazing do you know what i'll say town i kind of wish that this movie had come out under pixar's label instead agreed. of agreed animated films i feel like i would feel a lot differently about it knowing that it was in the in the pixar canon and not just the disney animated films because because of what you just said it's it doesn't really have the characteristics of what you look at as classic disney and, and that's also kind of think kind of my problem with wreck it ralph so Maybe I'm being a little bit too strict in trying to fit those into what I view to be the Disney box canon. Of, yeah, canon and like what kind of makes a classic Disney film. But like those those two movies, if you told me that they were Pixar, would probably be like high up on my list because they're both great. It's just to me, I, see, I they don't you know have like you said, yeah, the, the characteristics of what I'd expect to see from a, from a Disney feature. You know what? That's so fair of you to say, and and a very very well put. Because I think you're right in that they do work more as Pixar films in terms of what we're used to from each brand. And yeah, Zootopia for me would be in my top five Pixar if it was one personally. And at the very least, I think a lot of people could agree it it would be in the upper half. And like, yeah, I think for me, it was like I straight up looked at them as movies when I looked at this list. And I, I did get into the struggle of the characteristics that you've talked about. And I think that's an absolutely fair way to look at it because it's so those are so essential to what you and I and probably Mike think of when we think of these Disney classics. I just sort of threw it through caution to the wind and I said, fuck it. I'm just picking the movies I think are the best. And and with that said, you know. Zootopia really is, no matter what, in my top five. I just think it's that good of a movie. 
For sure. And, and another thing, just to add on to like why you like those films so much, and I, I, I'm assuming this, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, they've got some of the better um, voice casting, like, jobs ever like that disney's done i think you know as far as like yeah voice performances you really appreciate who they chose and like they fit the characters really well and i think that's also what separates a lot of um pixar from disney for me is like pixar has those memorable voices where you're like i know who that is and i'm so glad that they picked him whereas like disney while memorable are more you know actors chosen just because they, you know, they, they fit the part, but it's not necessarily have, have the same star power. A hundred percent. There's only a couple of the Disney classics that you really think, ha- like, you're like, whoa, what a stacked voice cast. Yeah. But then you see Zootopia and like you go down the list and you're like, oh, wow, I know exactly who I'm listening to. And I'm so glad that's who this is. Yes. It that was like perfectly voice cast across the board with with a lot of heavy hitters. I just watched Zootopia today. Uh, and I know, Tan, you love it. You recommended it to me on the Patreon when we were talking about My Life as a Courgette because they were both up for Best Animated Picture that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I now know that Moana should have won, but that's a separate issue. Oh, <laughs> man. But yeah, it's it's good. It, I, I, I definitely didn't love it. Uh, I definitely think it's overrated, but it's it's good. I mean, and it's the one thing I could say and things that I'm complaining about with these films or more so on the Pixar is – this one strikes a great balance between kid and adult. And if anything, it's much more of an adult film. Agree. It just happens to be animated, but it's, it's all adult characters, you know, living sort of normal lives or whatever. So it's definitely something different. It's not what I expected at all. I did really like it. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, we'll, we'll get to the, we'll get to the big one. In the Which category, even sure. what you said right there, Mike shows sort of a little bit to, to Finn's point of, it really could fit in along the Pixar films. Totally. Because the Pixar films tend to, not always, but they, they lean a little more adult sometimes. Says, says you guys. Not agreed by me, but says you <laughs> This fucking guy. We're not even going to go back into the Pixar realm. But Also, and maybe this could be a wild take, and I'm not taking everything into consideration, but don't Pixar films generally feel like adventures and like there it's going like where you're getting you're brought along on a crazy adventure whereas a disney animated film a lot of time is more of like a drama and yes. more, like a more complex story and like not as much of a like a thriller or uh or like i said like an adventure film and i think that that zootopia has like that you're being dragged along for the ride and that's why it's got that pixar feel to it that's that's a good point but it's also like a cop like it's a buddy you know, cop detective yeah. story right so I think where the line is, there's there's obviously some of the Disney classics are adventure films, but they're smaller stories. They feel like smaller stories. No, totally. I feel like, yes, there's some that take you on these epic adventures, but it's like, it's a more condensed story. So this, this yeah. feels pretty big, Zootopia. Well, if I could segue to my number two. Please it's a very it's a very small story. If you insist. And it's one that town I know you like. I don't know if you love it. And Finn, I don't know where you stand on it. But this is 1981's The Fox and the Hound. Nice, 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 nice. Interesting. Definitely uh, another bit, a bit of a hot take. I, again, another one that I think is a little bit underrated. But it's the a classic tale of friendship. Mickey Rooney and Kurt Russell. So some very big voice actors for Disney for sure. Uh, I did not know this until today. Also, that Corey Feldman is young Copper, so Kurt Russell's character. 
how old was he? he he couldn't have been like very young i mean very old at all yeah anyway sorry uh no 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 yeah i should look that up but um yeah i mean this movie is another one that's that's definitely been one of my favorites since i was a kid it's it's also based on based on a novel but uh yeah i mean it's just it's just all about friendship you know and, and it's about friends that are from different uh let's say like maybe like social standing and you know their friendship changes over time uh and they have to sort of overcome that to to yeah to sort of stay friends and i think it it definitely is i one of the things that it was knocked knocked for is just like not doing sort of very much um groundbreaking at least is what, what wikipedia is saying and that's kind of true it's a very simple story it's it's one like as old as time but at the same time when i was a kid i think it really sort of had an impact and definitely i i can say sort of like prepared me for things that could that would have come in terms of my own friendships um as a young kid maybe not unlike you know one one boy meets world dylan infinity you oh know it's it's not too God. dissimilar to that Wow. So maybe that, that can help. somehow when I completely disagreed with this being anywhere on a list, you pulled that out of your ass. And now I'm thinking like, oh, man, maybe I should have put Fox in the house. Is, how many episodes are related to Sean and Corey being from different sides of the track? Wow. So and you know, know what? That's just still on brand because you know who produced Boy Meets World? Fucking Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Those sons of bitches. Oh, wow. How did wow. you pull that out? You know what, Mike? Uh, you know, I'm going to echo that that sentiment really quickly because there's something to be said about like just because something's animated doesn't necessarily mean mean it needs to be completely fantastical. It could just be another method of storytelling and something so simple yet so important, like you said, as friendship and like what more, what is bigger and more important to us than you know our relationship with our friends. I don't know, man. I think this is like a pick that I, when you when you said it, I was like, "This is bananas." What's wrong with you? This is the Wreck It Ralph of your list, um, and, <laughs> and and somehow I'm now going. You know what? It, it wouldn't be on mine, but it, I I kind of love it. Also, did you know who like worked on it? Um, what, what's his name? Uh, Tim Burton worked on it. Brad yep. Bird and John Lasseter. Yep, all of them. That's insane. I actually That's a young, that. young animation department, you know? Holy shit. Also, Corey, Corey Feldman was 10. I just looked it up right now. Yeah, I was like, he couldn't have been much older than that. That's wild. Kurt Russell, bro. Come yeah, on. Yeah, Kurt Russell. Come on. Come on. Come on. All time. All timer. This, I, I love this pick. I mean, I think it's just, Mike, you laid out everything about it. But yeah, this tale of friendship, it's such a classic tale. And like, even though... I, maybe underrated sort of the wrong word because like I know everyone knows the Fox and the Hound, but, but it is sort of underrated. It's just so small. It's like one of the smallest ones. So small yet so impactful. Exactly. Yeah. I I love that you have this pick. It was in my honorables and it's just, yeah, it's, it's very deserving to be on a list and and I'm so happy that it is. I rewatched it for movies that make us cry and I think it ended up as an honorable over there. I think it did. I think I remember that. So that's, you know, here we are. We're here. Bravo. Numero uno. Every numero uno has already been mentioned because they're that fucking good. So that's right. Finn, fire us up. So uh, as you all know, what my number one is, it is 1992's Aladdin. To me, when we came up with the idea for this uh, episode, uh, I didn't need to really kind of blink i knew this was going to be number one on my list 
And it's honestly for one main reason, uh, you know, it, there's plenty of others to support it, but like the, what holds this up to me as my number one Disney film is that Robin Williams performance as the genie is, Oh my God. I can't believe you just said that. That's exactly what I was thinking is the quintessential celebrity, incredible actor voicing a character that had the, the perfect melt. Like it was, it was perfection. There was nothing he could have done better. It is, over the top and hysterical and emotional and just a remarkable performance by to me the greatest actor we've ever seen um robin has meant so much to me as a kid and you know when we lost him i was is one of the only time a celebrity who i never met truly just i was devastated and like i said his performance as the genie is 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 an all-time great and it, it was literally just did it with his voice he did it with his freaking voice I, I can't. I can go on and on about Robin, and then on top of that, it's got some of the greatest songs we've ever heard in in uh, in the Disney films. Whether it's uh, a whole new world or uh, was it what one jump? I believe this is also Alan Menken, correct? Yeah, Alan Menken again. Guy just it's basically scored our childhood. I don't know, guys. I think you'd be hard pressed to find something as incredibly done as as Aladdin. It's no doubt fantastic. G- Everything you said about Genie, by the way, and Robin Williams, uh, spot on. I mean, he's 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 a once in a lifetime talent, and his his him playing Genie is just absolutely iconic. Uh, best part of the movie. But um, yeah, I love this one. I mean, when growing up, when there were the classics, like for me the three that I would come back to, at least when I was a kid, was Lion King, this, and Pocahontas. I fucking love it. I think the world that they're set in is obviously really fun and magical, especially as a kid, like with the magic carpet rides and everything. And for me, the reason it's like a little bit lower, like compared to you, of course, because I know it's your favorite, is I love... A whole new world and there's a couple of i like i enjoy the songs but that to me is the only standout song for me and that hurts it a little bit for me related to a few others that i think have more epic songs but i do love it i love robin williams in it and i think it's one of the one of the all-time disney classics i think it's a fucking great number one a whole new world easily in that top list of Disney songs for yes. sure. Still always stuck in my head. And, and the other thing is, is it's, it's Leia, right? Leia Salonga. Yes. Uh, also does the singing voice of Jasmine. I mean, it's just a fucking beast. And, and of course we talked about the genie already, but listening to that Gilbert Godfrey just puts me right back in that time. Oh. That like late eighties, early nineties. time. Yago is so hysterical. Funny. Yeah. Oh, it's just and great. Also, town and i think maybe we're just glossing over this yes um i think a whole new world is probably the best but gotta put a friend like me up there oh yeah friend, friend like me is i guess to me it might be a top five disney song you know what i forgot about that one that is I, a fantastic I, I one yeah and then you got one jump ahead arabian nights uh oh yeah arabian arabian nights. Nights. <laughs> right, prince, prince ali you know, Prince you know, Ali. Na, 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 na. You're welcome, everybody. This. I don't know, guys. I I'm, I'm very curious to hear your explanations for your number ones. Um, 
but to me, this is just uh, this was Disney at its absolute best. No doubt, one of the best, and 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 a great explanation, a great argument made for why it is the best. And you know what? I will say, Finn, you cracked me a little bit with the songs. It's fucking great. They've got some great fucking songs. In terms of the quantity of quality songs, it might be number two for me. But segueing to my number one, Perfect and you all already know it, there is no movie in the history of fucking film, in my personal opinion, that has a better soundtrack than 1994's The Lion King. The single greatest film ever put to screen above any film ever any fucking genre animated non-animated it's everything i want out of a movie i'm just rolling right in i know mike similar as as he said earlier on the pod we hold it in a very similar esteem we both think it's the greatest movie ever made it's i, I just need to give some fucking credit where credit's due you know directed by roger allers and rob minkoff the the soundtrack we had Hans Zimmer, the you know, speaking of goats, and then of course Elton John, along with with Tim Rice, writing the original songs. It's just unbelievable. It's an all star team. It's an all star team. And and speaking of all star teams, we said that a lot of the classic Disney's don't necessarily have the most in your face wow factor with the voice casts. The Lion King is that outlier. You have Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who at the time was on top of the fucking world. James Earl Jones, Darth Vader himself. You've got Matthew Broderick, Jeremy Irons as Scar. I mean, come on. You've got Nathan Lane, Rowan Atkinson, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Cheech. Finn, you know who even got in there? Maura Kelly. I was going to bring that up and I was going to be like, yo, shout out to our One Tree Hill listeners. How yep. you doing? I did not know that she was Nala until I looked this up. Isn't that insane? But like now that I think back to the movie, I'm like, oh, of course it is. That, of course that's her voice. How did I not know that? A lot better than Beyonce, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, oh, true. So like bottom line, this one's pretty stacked. But but anyways, this movie, I mean, keep in mind that it's become is it is it is it the most successful play of all time, Broadway play? It's, it, it's the most successful entertainment property ever. Ever when you, when you combine the film and the the Broadway musical, it's yeah. I mean, it's just insane. Like the the amount of songs that we could go through. I mean, we'll start with "Be Prepared" because you know Finn tried to say there's a better sort of bad guy song, which there just isn't. Oh, there is. Well, there is, but well, well, I'll, I'll let you explain why why you think that. I, I mean, I don't need to explain. It's, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, Mike, can you talk about Be Prepared a little bit? Best song ever. It's the best <laughs> song ever. Oh, my and God. It's, and it's also the most stuck in my head ever. But, yeah, I mean, that's because, well, I'll, t- I'll tell, Town already knows this, but I'll just say it on the pod for everybody. Scar is by far my favorite character in Lion King. And... The only thing that could make it a better film if it was possible is if he somehow won at the end and remained. <laughs> and this is, I want to oh fucking. Oh my god! That's how black my heart is. That's how coal-filled my heart is. Is that Isn't I just not... want Scar to kill Simba and throw him into that fire? Isn't he an absolute nut job, Finn? I I don't even know where to begin, Mike. Holy shit! 
Like, Finn, I need you to know that in college, Mike and I would go freshman year into his room once a month with his roommate at the time, Paul Matheson. Shout out, Paul. And we would watch The Lion King once a month. And you know how scarring, pun intended, it was to find out that Mike's been rooting for Scar every time we've watched it? Long live that king. <laughs> <laughs> like, he wanted him to kill Mufasa? What? Of course I did. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's a fucking monster. Mike's a monster. Big Claudius guy over here. Anyways, <laughs> I'm going to go into this a little. So, circle of life. I just can't wait to be king. Be prepared. Hakuna Matata. Can you feel the love tonight? My head's exploding. Th- that could be my top five ever right there. Circle of life. There is no better opening song in a film ever fight me it just doesn't exist and hakuna matata it's a fucking it's a lifestyle it's a lifestyle i live by to this day means no worries so for the rest of your days it's just too fucking good like it was the first movie i ever saw in theaters in 1994 it was my favorite movie then it's my favorite movie now i've probably seen it more than any other movie ever it's got to be 30, 40 times. You know what? It's probably honestly more than that, given how much I watched it as a kid. But the story is just, I mean, it's essentially Hamlet, but like it's a tale as old as time, some of the things that we're dealing with. And it's perfect in every way. Mike, I, I need you to expand because it's like, but yeah, j- just like the, the characters, like you, okay, Scar's your favorite character, but think about all the incredible characters. Timon and Pumbaa, Simba. Can I jump in for a second? Yes. You keep Rafiki. saying, can you? You keep saying, Mike. Can you jump in here? But I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention I'm the one that has this movie on my top five list. Mike does not. <laughs> I already explained because it's not fair to other uh, films. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just letting you know, lest we forget, I do have it on my list. But yes, Lion King, I, no, I can't expand town because the thing is, Lion King is a perfect film. It's the only perfect film I've ever seen. So name any aspect of film and it's perfect. You can't expand. It's everything. Oh my God. It has everything you could ever want in a film besides a sad ending. Also, you know what? I want, Mike, I'm saying this. One, I love you for everything you're saying, but I need to say this because it's true. Because Finnerty makes a point. All you're listening right now is the reason why this movie is your real number one and should be on your list, and you are a nut job for not including it. I don't put it up against any film. I I can't do it. It's just not fair. It could literally be number one on every single episode we do. It's not fair. Oh, my God. All right, Finn, we got to hear from you why you love it and why it's fallen a little out of grace to number five for you. Okay. Well, why I love it, I think just you you made a lot of great points. I think the... The music is probably the best uh, complete score of any of the Disney animated films. Um, not even just in like, you know, sing along fun, but just like really just incredible overtures and like, you know, circle of life, man. You hear that at any point in your in your day and your day is automatically better. Um, it just has that kind of power over you. And if, if you'll allow me to kind of go off in a little bit of a tangent here. Um, when I was a kid, I went to see The Lion King on Broadway, and I was lucky enough to sit in the front row, basically at the top of the orchestra, which was uh, un- insane for a kid to be able to that close to the stage. Um, and I had seen the, the play. It was incredible. So amazing. All good. And as we were getting ready to leave, 
the drummer from the orchestra comes up to like the edge of the pit and sees that I'm holding a Pumbaa beanie baby at the time. And he was like, Hey, did you guys love the show? Like, yes, of course. Um, he's like, is that all you're going home with? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, this is awesome. I, I got a, a Pumbaa uh, beanie baby. And he goes, hang on a second, goes, gets a drumstick, wraps it in tape and signs it and gives me a drumstick. Oh, At wow. that moment is when I decided I wanted to play the drums. And I went and became a drummer in my like school orchestra like weeks later. That's incredible. That's the power so, of the Lion King. Power of the Lion King. So, yes, it's it's an amazing film. It's got, you know, it, it's literally Hamlet. So, you know, it's it's Shakespeare. Of course, the, the themes and, and storyline are incredible. But as far as, you know, what, what Disney is known for, where it's like creating these characters that will help tell a an important story to a younger audience, you know, Timon and Pumbaa, they're they're the goats like they're the greatest the like side sidekicks in all of, of disney history and between their humor and their they're willing to stick up for their friend and they're just overall just hysterics and it's it's also it's a meerkat and a warthog like only disney could pull that off mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean it's the lion king uh and why has it fallen off in recent years it's because i've I, I really disagree with Mike. I, I think Scar overall is is kind of a one note, not great villain. And I also think that Be Prepared is the weakest song of the movie. Oh, I, you know, the, the, the Nazi themes are super terrifying, but like, I don't know, it's it's kind of boring. And it, it, when held up against the rest of the, the film score, it's it's pretty lackluster, in my opinion. Look, I will say there are a lot of people I feel like Be Prepared is a love it or hate it in the sense of I feel like people either are obsessed with it or like, yeah, it's fine. Like, it's fine. But like, I, funny enough, I'm like that rare person that's somewhat in the middle where it's not my favorite song from the movie, but I do think it's fucking incredible. But yeah, it's, you know what? Fair points. Although it is a perfect movie. And <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, just like, I, ne- I need to do this for my own self because of how much each character deserves all this love. It's like, you've got Simba, Mufasa, Scar, Nala, Timon and Pumbaa, Rafiki, Zazu, Sarabi. You've got the three hyenas. Like, fucking, ugh, the characters are so good. And, and Finn, I fully agree with you that Timon and Pumbaa they're the greatest sidekicks definitely in a disney film and and arguably like the greatest sidekicks like ever in film they're just they're unbelievable and on top of that you know it's memorable memorable performances james earl jones's mufasa might be like the most memorable like disney boy like next to the robin williams genie because his like you know remember who you are i think there's nothing that remember that like sticks with you as much as that scene and like also, for a film uh, that has such lovable characters to convey what it means to, like, witness death and, like, lose a parent and become, feel like you're alone and, like, you're, you know, you need to lean on your friends. I don't know. It's 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 a pretty heavy adult message that feels so, I don't know, so relatable to somebody as young. I, yeah, like, what were we, four or five years old when this came out? And yeah. it, it, it made sense then. Um, and that's, like, a major shout out to, to the performances because they were so... Just impressive. And then, again, just to touch on Timon and Pumbaa, like Nathan Lane as Timon is also another like legendary Disney animated like character performance. Yes. Him as Timon is 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 my favorite Disney performance. I think it's 
I think it's absolute perfection to a level just just unheard of. Also, a guy who kind of gets overlooked, but I think might be my favorite character, Rafiki. Oh, dude, gotta be Rafiki. Does Rafiki get overlooked? Is that a thing? I don't know. I feel like when you when you mention the Lion King to anybody, you know, you kind of Timon and Pumbaa are obvious. Uh, you know, Scar, Mufasa. I, I don't know. I feel like Rafiki. Even Zazu, to some extent, gets overlooked a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. Rafiki I think King. Rafiki does get the love. But yeah, I'd say Zazu might be the most underrated in the sense of you need Zazu. But like, yeah, he's I mean, maybe there's someone that does think he's the number one best. But but I love the shout for Rafiki either way, because I mean, he's a fucking legend. Also, while we're I know we're discussing the animated Lion King. I actually think that John Connie's performance as Rafiki in the live action remake or as live action as CGI is, um, I thought he was incredible. And that was like a, per- a perfect casting. You know what? I'm with you, Finn. And also, I will say as someone that went into the new one, obviously going to see it, but like being like, there's really no reason to do this. It's the, they're, why are they trying to remake the greatest movie of all time? Yes, I still feel that way in the sense of it was never going to be even nearly as good as the OG, but I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was solid for what it was being able to look at it just at that surface level of, okay, they're doing this. It's happening. I'm not going to lament it. Let's see if I enjoy it. I did enjoy it. And I thought they did a pretty solid job given the task at hand. And I saw that with you. So shout out to us seeing that movie together. I, shout out to that indeed. And and we'll finish on this. I know we've been going on about it for a while, but it's The Lion King. It deserves it. We will talk about Rafiki for a second because he's such an instrumental character within the film who doesn't say much because he is, you know, very wise and he doesn't have to say much, but he's so key. And just, I'll never forget that as a kid, baboons were so... Um, I loved them so much because of this character and because he seemed like the the piece that tied everything together, the guy that you wanted there because he was sort of the wise old sage that would have the answers. And of course, like there's just so many things with him between, you know, between lifting up like Simba and between, you know, of course, lifting up Simba and Nala's son at the end. And, you know, drawing on the tree and just, there's just so many things where he's so epic. And, and you could say that for the a lot king of characters. has returned. Oh my God, I the mean, king has returned. Oh what God. a line. I hate to be that guy, but Rafiki's a mandrill. He's not a baboon, just so you know. Wait, really? Unbelievable. Is this just you getting very technical with us right now? You can look it up. You I can look it up. I just I want to educate true. the listener. Hey, I just looked it up and it says an old baboon with mandrill markings. Ooh. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So it sounds like we're both half wrong and half right. I'm not right. sure what that could possibly mean, but okay, I'll give it to you. <laughs> That's what it says. I just looked it up. That means you're calling him a baboon, but he looks like a mandra. All right. Anyways, greatest movie of all time. Number one, The Lion King. And Mike, bring us to the promised land. Bring us home. Well, drum roll, please. As we know from me saying that I think Scar should be the hero of Lion King. And everything else I've ever said on any podcast. I'm a miserable old bastard. <laughs> I have no imagination. There's no inner child in me. But I watched a movie. And now we know what it is. 
it it melted the thick, jagged, uh, unshakable Game of Thrones flat Earth ice wall that envelops my heart, and I and I that I just felt like a kid again. The magic was there, and that is, of course, Moana. Hell yes. And I know from the few words that Finn said about this film that he also just felt the magic. It's a magical, wondrous experience to watch this film. And I didn't even know until after watching the film that all the music was Lin-Manuel Miranda. What the fuck? I mean, yeah. It's I mean, so what the fuck? Good. When, when it first started, I was like, oh, no, there's going to be like a lot of singing in this one. And then like immediately I was like, wait, all these songs are fucking bangers. And then I was like tearing up. And then only after did I realize it was, was obviously because of the master. It's, oh my God, so good. The girl who plays um, Moana, Auli Cravalho, I definitely messed her name up. It's like an extra eye there, Auli. Her voice is unreal. It's incredible. I mean, I'll, I'll let you wax poetic about it. And then I'll well, and you get a whole Jermaine Clement song there, you know, calling back to Flight of the Concords days. Also didn't know that Nicole Scherzinger was Moana's mom until after after I watched the film as well. But yeah, I mean, I, I literally could talk about this movie forever. I can't even tell you how much I liked it. Immediately one of my favorite films of all time. Uh, but I mean, I love the Polynesian, the culture, the art, the tattoos. I think they really nailed it. I think it feels more authentic than some of the Pixar attempts to do something like this personally. Uh, we already talked about how it's pulling from Pocahontas. It's pulling a lot from Lion King. Uh, as well like there's a sort of Rafiki like character there's similar themes there as well about kind of striking out and then coming home to sort of save your your family um that kind of classic hero's journey type stuff um i think the balance between moana and and the rock's character maui is great none of them ever the feels rock. like the rock is in it yeah <laughs> I, I mean none of them it, it feels like you know they're like pushed down they both feel like they have their moments uh, it definitely, definitely doesn't feel like as gendered as the earlier um, Disney movies, for sure. The, we, the animation is just so vibrant and incredible. You know, the, the the way they deal with the ocean. I mean, there's the, the, the overfishing, the sort of harmony with nature theme, um, and, and, which is to say that like none of this is really like totally new, but this just feels like the best or one of the best like versions or packages of all these themes. Um, that that truly I've ever seen an animated film. I just cannot tell you how much I fucking loved this film. No, it's not as good as The Lion King, but it's it's better than any other Disney film I've seen for sure. Dude, I do really like this movie. I've only seen it once, but like you guys are making me be like, fuck, I need to go watch this again because I remember when I saw it. I don't want to say I was watching it under in bad conditions, but like, you know, like sometimes you're just in the mood for a movie, sometimes you're not. I remembered when yeah. I watched it, I wasn't necessarily in prime like mood for an animated movie, which I usually am. So that's a little odd for me in the first place. And I remembered being like, oh yeah, it was good. But like, I feel like if I watched it when I was ready, like in the right like frame of mind, I'd pr- maybe I'd be going as crazy as you guys. So now I, you've got me very excited to go and rewatch this. So I, when I saw this, um, it's the only time I've ever been to the El Capitan Theater, which is you know Disney's own theater on uh, Hollywood Boulevard, right across from the uh, the Chinese the legendary Chinese theater. And like as far as like movie theaters go, it's not necessarily anything to to write home about in, in style, but they it, like you really feel like you're in like a Disney attraction because they've got somebody on like the piano like playing mu- like music ahead of time like before the trailers even run and 
it, it like like you said mike it just washed over me it was like one of those films that you go wow like that was just it was perfection the animation is yeah. is vibrant and and just colorful and, and really cool um and then the character of maui that the rock plays is like you know as Dwayne the rock johnson has become more and more ingrained in our pop culture you wanted to like as a as a cynic you wanted to believe that he's only being thrown in there because of like name recognition but he actually delivered a hell of a performance as a um you know for an animated character and his singing yeah. voice was actually pretty damn good yeah no i like it he has that you're, one kind of song by himself you're, right which you're is welcome cool. which is like one of my favorite songs now and and you know the rest of lin-manuel's score is fucking awesome also and then just to go a little like a little deeper on this to have a to have a movie where the you know the, the the girl protagonist has at no point any love interest to be concerned with yes exactly yes and to still have it be you know something that you just can't take your eyes off of and you're just so invested in her journey uh, and ultimately you've got this big badass you know demigod that ultimately abandons her and she gets the job done anyway and we should also just very quickly point out I was very happy about Ut- Zootopia for the exact same reason. Uh, we didn't yep. mention it then, but I was yet. so fucking happy that they didn't turn that into a love story. Dude, I fully agree on both of these movies with that as well. It's such a nice change of pace for these films. Absolutely. It shows like the autonomy and the, the badassery, if you will. Uh, yeah, Mana, she's fucking cool, man. And as far as like, you know, if, if I had seen this when I was a kid, I would want a, a Moana toy. I'd want her to be, oh, like, hell yeah. you know, when you're running around playing with your friends, like I'd want to be her because she's just so goddamn cool. And also that like cow pig thing. What was that? Don't know, but he's awesome. Uh, and then the, the rooster was actually voiced by Alan Tudyk, who we just shouted out yeah. on, uh, Zootopia, right? Or was that wreck Ralph? Oh, it's Zootopia, I think. It's Utopia. It's Utopia. Anyway. Um, though I should say, honestly, like besides like very small things here or there, that's my only criticism of the film is that's such a forced like, oh, it's a Disney film, so you have to have goofy animal sidekick. Like it's such a forced character that's it just doesn't work for me. I get why it's there, but like ah, at the same time I just wish it wasn't. I feel that. Moana. What I mean what can we say? I can't believe you put it at number one, but it's it it is that good. I, I I seriously can't even like I can't overstate how much I was like like almost being brought to tears. I was like like just from the inspiration of the whole thing. I really honestly haven't felt like that since I was a kid. This was just incredible. That's incredible. That warms my heart so much. It's well, what's that song? Is it, is it Moana or I am Moana or whatever? Holy fuck! Absolute banger. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. And I, I remember um, uh, coming back from that movie experience I was telling you at, at the El Capitan where I was just like, wow, this is so cool. I remember being in the car on the way home and being like, all right, guys, we need to find how far I'll go and play it. And we were just scream singing it in the car on the way back to the, to the house. It was just, I, I don't know, man. It's As it's it so should good. be. It's amazing. And if you actually look at, um, I can't I keep messing up her name, but Ali or Ali, uh her performance at the Oscars, I believe, singing that song is so good. Oh, I didn't. I haven't seen that. Yeah, I'll definitely have to watch it. She sings it at the Oscars that year, and it's excellent. Yep, it was. I remember that, Finn. So there it is. There's the list. Wow, what that? a fucking journey. Let's do. Let's do that quick recap. Please, please, Finn, lead us off. Five to one. 
Five to one. So my number five was The Lion King. Four, Moana. Three, Pinocchio. Two, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. For all of you who have not watched it in a while, go back and do it. It's phenomenal. And number one, Aladdin. I was number five, Fantasia. Number four, Wreck-It Ralph. Number three, Pocahontas. Number two, Zootopia. And number one, The Lion King. I am five, The Jungle Book, four, Mulan, three, Robin Hood, two, The Fox and the Hound, and one, Moana. Well, gents, obviously there are some honorable mentions to be chatted about. So again, Finn, you are our, our guest. So please, please lead us on. I'm going to try and go through this because we've definitely been on a long one here. But uh, real quickly, I'd be, I, I just want to touch on a couple of honorable mentions that I don't think we mentioned at all. Uh, Hercules. That's my only honorable that hasn't been mentioned yet. So kudos. Hercules has some really awesome music and it's just like, uh, it's got one of the best messages in a film that I, that, that I remember. Uh, I believe it's Zeus who says to Hercules in the, where he's like the statue and he says to him, you know, the true measure of a hero is not the size of his strength, but the strength of his heart. Damn, man, that one like cuts to the core of me and like that message will always ring true. And also how much of a babe was Megara? (laughs) (laughs) Got to shout out Megara. Also uh, can't say I'm in love or won't say I'm in love is one of the best Disney songs of all time. And well, for, for one uh, we should throw out that, you know, the, the team there, Ron Clements and John Musker who did Moana also did Aladdin also did hercules so there's a theme there and yeah dylan likes their movies Um, (laughs) (laughs) and did did you guys watch hercules in school all the time i feel like every substitute teacher showed me hercules because it was like vaguely something uh and i appreciated that um also and i i hate that i have to admit this uh james wood's performance as hades is fucking awesome it is is. oh but also danny devito and 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 danny devito as uh what the hell's his name whatever his name phil it's phil so good uh and it it, i hate admitting it but james woods oh my god so good um and then the other one i wanted to mention that we actually there's two one uh, as far as classics go i think alice in wonderland is pretty fucking amazing and another one where you should probably be a little uh high when you see it agreed and and a film that man this is something that It, it could have been a, a little bit better and it probably would have catapulted it into like the list of like the all time greats. But the Emperor's New Groove is Brother. actually fucking awesome. And yes. Kronk is maybe the funniest character of the last 20 yes. years, 25 years. Anyway, that's that. I had to shout those out. Okay. I'm with you on Emperor's New Groove. That's that's one of my two big ones I wanted to shout because it's so, it is, it really is super underrated. Like, I feel like people have been coming around on it and like it, it definitely has the diehard fans, definitely a cult classic for Disney animated. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I actually hadn't seen this ever until like the last like three or four years. And I was hysterically laughing throughout the whole thing. It's, it's so funny. It's so good. It was, I, I almost had it in there in, in, you know, the number five spot, but uh fucking great um for me the other honorable which i actually never was really into growing up and growing older now and having seen it again a couple times i 
appreciated, I think, a lot more than I did when I was a kid is is Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I, I can't believe I actually didn't have that on my list at all. Because that I, I think that's one of the more quintessential Disney films now. Totally. I agree. Like that, that, that survey I had mentioned earlier, I think that one's making it onto a lot of lists. Agreed. I think I think the ones that are going to be on the lists the most are going to be Lion King, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid. I personally am not a big Little Mermaid guy. I think it's good. It's a Disney movie, but Beauty and the Beast was one I felt like I slept on a little bit when I was a kid and I didn't love it as much as some of the others that I, I Beast really was freaking scary. Beast was scary. And also it came out in, I think it was, I could be wrong. I think it was 91, which, you know, we were all, you know, 89 or in that realm, 88, 90 babies. We didn't see it till we were a little bit older. And it's like, mm-hmm. we, we saw Lion King and, maybe Aladdin maybe even was like the first movie that some of us saw. Like, I feel like we like got those right when they were there. Whereas beauty it was only one year before Aladdin, but like, you know, you saw it, the others were sort of the hot topic at the moment. So I don't know. Bottom line in recent years, I've been like beauty and the beast is fucking great. And it's, you know, it has some classic characters in it. I really like it. Yeah, that that and Emperor's New Groove, I'd say, are my main ones, along with, of course, Aladdin. But we already talked about that whole debacle. And and again, ones that have already been said. I also have Hunchback on there. And uh, I think the one movie that or the, I'm not going to talk about them much, but the two movies I'll shout that I like, but that in rewatch, I was like, yeah, they're good. But like, I'm not going to put them on my list. But just movies I had a soft spot for growing up were Rescuers Down Under, the the sequel that took place in Australia. Oh, yes. Really fun. And, and I even rewatched it and it's still fun. It's just it's not one of the top five, but it's good. And uh, and a goofy movie. I loved a goofy movie. I mean, eye to eye is a banger. Banger. So that's that's my honorables. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, and obviously there's others that are good. It's not to suggest that there's not more to mention. You could do this forever. Forever. The only other thing I would mention, and it's very specific, but I want to talk very briefly about the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. So, Wow. Perfect way to end this. <laughs> so the film <laughs> yes. as a whole is, is not great, but I love the Legend of Sleepy Hollow part, the adventure of Ichabod part. That's always been like one of my favorite stories, so I love that half of it. And it's basically just a film told in two halves. The first part, despite Mr. Toad's wild ride being like one of my favorite Disney rides, is just just not good. So it's not a great film overall, but I do like that bit of it. I love that. I love that. Can I actually add one more into our list sure. for uh, shout outs? Um, I, Tangled, I think, is another really great film that I think just because it came out when I, what, I was turned like 21 that year, I was kind of like in that period of time where if it wasn't something that I grew up with, I really wasn't as into like seeing new Disney movies. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't give it, give it, give it the love it deserved. But upon like going back and rewatching it, like there's some really awesome music and uh, good characters. And I just feel like, yeah, Tang- Tangled is really good. Um, I also wanted to mention that I'm glad that two movies did not make it on any of our lists. One, Frozen because it's fucking overrated. So overrated. Lilo and Stitch, because it's fucking overrated. Yeah, I mean, that movie, did, that should never even be in the conversation. Like, if someone if someone wanted to think about Frozen, I can understand. 
If you're thinking about Lilo and Stitch, take a hike. Take a fucking hike. All right. Well, you know what? As we end off, I'll say there's one movie that we didn't mention at all that I feel like has to be mentioned because we're talking fucking Disney, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. OG. Classic. In OG. In OG. But uh, with that, fuck, man. This has been an epic. There's been a lot talked about. I mean, we had, we had six, what, 60 movies to choose from, almost just about under 60. Yeah. And we talked about quite a few. Quite a few. Some definite hot takes on here all, all across the board. And what you love to see. Some shockers. Just shockers, hot takes. I love it. I fucking love it. Finn, it's such a goddamn honor and a pleasure. Guys, thanks for having me back. This was this was a blast as always. Uh, I love hearing the outrageous shit that you say on this program, Town. <laughs> so you know, keep that up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, like please, guys, let's let's keep this going. Uh, I love what you're doing, and uh, yeah, it was an honor for me as well. Next time, I think we might actually have to break out of the animated wheelhouse. We've done the two the two titans, so we have. Maybe, maybe we uh, maybe we bring Koshin as well and and have a, a mega episode. Who knows? Whoa. Don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. This could be a tease of what's to come, everyone. So let's see what happens. And if Mike wants to ever do a deep dive into Boy Meets World, you have my phone number. <laughs> it's 2.30, but I'm down. I'm down to do it right now. I don't care. Love Un-fucking it. real. Un-fucking real. Um, all right. Well, this has been unbelievable, guys. And you know we say this many episodes. But yeah, if you want to help out the pod in a way that costs zero money... If you go to Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars and write just a really quick review. Really helps get us noticed. We'd, we'd super appreciate it. And of course, if you are interested in contributing a buck a month or three bucks a month, you can go to our Patreon. We have a lot of bonus content. It's really fun. Check it out. And otherwise, find us on Instagram at Top Fives and Deep Dives. Find us on Twitter at Top Dives. We love you guys. We will see you next week. Peace. Later. Top Fives and Deep Dives with Town of PTM. Top Fives and Deep Dives with Town of PTM. Top Fives and Deep Dives with Town of PTM. Top Fives and Deep Dives with Town of PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese, followed by Quentin Tarantonius. These white men are dangerous.